So we have Luke's account of the nativity, the birth of Christ, and all that surrounded that, and then uh, coming right on down to the time after his birth where he was in the temple uh, showing his own wisdom at a very young age, asking and, being at, and, and sharing, asking questions and sharing with those who were teaching there. So we come this day well over 2,000 years later to think about the nativity on Christmas morning. Many of us have heard the name of Martin Luther. We talk about Luther every now and then around here, especially around October 31st when we celebrate Reformation Day and the, the fact that on that day in 1517, Martin Luther nailed the 95 Theses, his 95 Theses to the Wittenberg church door and thus began what was to, to become known as the Protestant Reformation. But one thing perhaps we don't think about with Luther very much is that Luther was a man who loved Christmas. He loved the time of celebrating the incarnation of Christ. He loved being in the church uh, on Christmas Day and indeed all of Christmas week to, to teach and to share and to think about the incarnation of Christ. Luther was known to go out through all the parish churches throughout the area preaching on the week prior to Christmas before he came back to his own church there in the Wittenberg church uh, in Germany to, uh, to share the, the message of Christ in that particular pulpit on Christmas Day, in the morning on Christmas Day. Luther loved Christmas. Matter of fact, Luther is credited with something that we sort of take for granted these days. Uh, I don't know if it's fact or somewhat legend, but Luther is credited for being the first one who had a lighted Christmas tree. Uh, the story is told of Luther after traveling one night, coming back from a preaching assignment the week before Christmas, and noticing a, a stand of fir trees. And, and they, he looked at those trees, and they were beautiful, glistening kind of in the, in the moonlight that time, but also in the background were the stars twinkling. They say that he got home and he was excited. This was long after the, uh, his, his leaving the priesthood and marrying Catherine. And he got to his home, and he had children, and he tried to, to share with Catherine and the children what it was like to just be walking along that dark road on his way home and see those trees with all the stars twinkling around them. And it, words just failed him. So the story goes that Luther went out and he cut down a tree and he drug it back into his house and he stood it up somehow and he went and found tapered candles and he put them all over the tree and, and, and one large tapered candle which he put at the top of the tree and he lit all of them and then he started trying to describe again what it looked like when he saw those trees on the side of the road. What a, what a glorious sight he thought that was in celebrating the coming of Christ. Luther loved to tell year after year the story of the nativity in his own words with a bit of commentary in it. I'm going to attempt something I've never done before, and that is to read something to you by way of sermon. I want to read you Luther's nativity sermon somewhere from around probably the mid-1500s, and I want you to hear it as though it were being preached to you right now by that great reformer and that great preacher of the word, Martin Luther. Uh, someone asked me this morning, they, or told me they expected me to come out in some kind of 1500s garb uh, to preach this sermon, and I didn't think about that, but probably best I didn't. Hear the words of Luther as he gives us the words of the scripture. The birth of Christ took place exactly when the Emperor Augustus sent out a decree that all the world should be enrolled. The law of the census required that each householder must be present in his hometown on the day of the enrollment. 
Joseph was of the lineage of David and had to go to Bethlehem, the city of David. Despite his royal ancestry, he was so poor that he had been unable to make a living in Judea and for that reason had moved to Nazareth. Now he had to go back. Scripture says that he took with him Mary, his espoused wife, being great with child. She would have had good reason to have excused herself from making the journey so close to her time of delivery. But she said nothing because she wished to cause no trouble to anyone. We can, we can see how poor Joseph must have been that he could not afford to hire some old woman or neighbor to stay with Mary and he took her uh, and take care of her while he was gone. How unobtrusively and simple do those events take place on earth that are so heralded in heaven? On earth it happened just this way. There was a poor young wife, Mary of Nazareth, among the poorest dwellers of the town, so little esteem that none noticed the great wonder that she carried. She was silent. She did not want to vault herself, but served her husband and kept their house. They simply left the house. Perhaps they had a donkey for Mary to ride upon, though the Gospels say nothing about it, about having a donkey, and we may believe well that she went on foot. Think how she was treated in the inns along the way. She who might well have been taken in a golden carriage with gorgeous equipment. How many ladies, great ladies, and their daughters of that day at that time were living in luxury while the mother of God on foot in midwinter trudged her weight across the fields. How unfair was it all. The journey was certainly more than a day from Nazareth in Galilee to Bethlehem, which lies on the farthest side of Jerusalem. Joseph had perhaps thought, when we get to Bethlehem, we shall be among relatives and we can borrow everything we need. A fine idea that was. Bad enough that the young bride married less than a year could not have her baby at Nazareth in her own house instead of making all that journey of perhaps three days when heavy with child. The inn was full. No one would release a room for her to this beautiful pregnant woman. She had to go to the cow stall and there bring forth the maker of all creatures because nobody would give way. And so it was that while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger. When they were come to Bethlehem, the evangelist says that they were of all the lowest and most despised and must make way for everyone until they were shoved into a stable to make a common lodging and table with the cattle. While many cutthroats lounged like lords in the inn, they did not recognize what God was doing in the stable. With all their eating and drinking and finery, God left them empty. And this comfort and treasure was hidden from them. On what a, oh, what a dark night it was in Bethlehem that this light should not have been seen. This shows that God has no regard for what the world is and has and does and also that the world has not any regard or consider for what God is and has and does Joseph had to do his best and it may well be that he asked some maid to fetch water or something else but we do not read uh, that anyone came to help 
they heard that a young wife was lying in a cow stall and no one gave heed. Shame on you, wretched Bethlehem. The inn ought to have burned with brimstone. For even if Mary had been a beggar maid or unwed, anybody at such a time should have been glad to give her a hand. Now there are many of you in this congregation who think to yourselves, oh, if only I had been there. How quick I would have been to help the baby. I would have washed his linen. I would have changed his diaper. How happy I would have been to go with the shepherds to see the Lord lying in the manger. Yes, you would. You say that because you know how great Christ is. But if you had been there at that time, you would have done no better than the people of Bethlehem. Childish and silly thoughts are these. Why don't you do it now? You have Christ in your neighbor, you ought to serve him. For what you do to your neighbor in need, you do also to the Lord God himself, according to Scripture. The birth was still more pitiable. No one regarded this young wife bringing forth her firstborn. There she wants without preparation. No light, no fire, in the dead of night, in the thick darkness. No one came to give the customary assistance. The guests swarming the inn were carousing. And no one attended to this woman. I think myself, if Joseph and Mary realized that her time was so close, she might surely, perhaps, have been left in Nazareth. And now think what she could do for swaddling clothes. Some garment she could spare, perhaps her veil, Certainly not Joseph's britches, which are now on exhibition in Aachen as a religious relic. A little jab there at the church. She wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger. Why not in a cradle? Or on a bench? Or on the ground? Because they had no cradle, bench, table, board, or anything, whatever, except the manger of the oxen. That was the first throne of this king. There in a stable, without man or maid, lay the creator of all the world. In the beginning was the word, and all things were made by him. The creator of all the world. And there was the maid of 15 years of age, bringing forth her firstborn without water, fire, light, or pan. A sight for tears. What Mary and Joseph did next, nobody knows. The scholars say they adored him. They must have marveled that this child was the Son of God. He was also a human being. Those who say that Mary was not a real mother lose all joy. He was a true baby with flesh and blood and hands and legs. He slept cried and did everything else a baby does only without sin think women there was no one there to bathe the baby no warm water or even cold no fire no light the mother herself midwife and maid the coal manger was the bed and the bathtub who showed the poor girl what to do she had never had a baby before I am amazed that the little one did not freeze. Do not make Mary out of stone. She mu it must have gone straight to her heart that, that she was so abandoned. 
She was flesh and blood. She, she must have felt miserable. And Joseph too, that she was left in this way, all alone, with no one to help. In a strange land, in the middle of winter, her eyes were moist even though she was happy and aware that the baby was God's son, the savior of the world. She was not stone, for the higher people are in the favor of God, the more tender they are. Mary was not only holy, she was also the mother of the Lord. With trembling reverence before nestling him to herself, she let him down because her faith said to her, he will be the son of the most highest. No one else on earth had this faith, not even Joseph. For although he had been informed by the angel, the word did not go to his heart as it did to the heart of Mary, the mother. Behold Christ. Consider Christ. Look at Christ lying in the lap of his mother, still a virgin. What can be sweeter than the baby and more lovely than the mother? What fairer than her youth? What more gracious than her virginity? Look at the child, knowing nothing, yet all this belongs to him. Doubt nothing. Watch him springing in the lap of the maiden. Laugh with him. Look upon this Lord of peace, and your spirit will be at peace. See how God invites you in many ways. He places before you the baby with whom you may take refuge. You cannot fear him. For nothing is more inviting, nothing is more appealing to man than the baby or than a baby. Are you affrighted? Then come to him, lying in the lap of the fairest and sweetest maiden. You will see how great is divine goodness, which seeks above all else that you should not despair. Trust him. Trust him. Here is the child in whom is salvation. To me there is no greater consolation given to mankind than this, that Christ became a man, a child, a baby, playing in the lap and at the breast of his most gracious mother. Who is there whom this sight would not comfort? Now has overcome the power of sin, death, hell, conscience, and guilt. If you come to judge this gurgling baby and believe that he has come, God in the flesh, not to judge you, but to save you, then trust him. Then come to him. Then believe. Thus the end of Luther's Nativity Sermon. A retelling of that simple story that we read about from scripture this morning a retelling about this one who was a baby but who was the Lord God of all creation this one who was born in the most most horrific circumstances in a stable with oxen and sheep and animals all around him and the only place he had to lay his head but I love Luther's statement about the manger the manger was the first throne for this king. Because indeed the one lying in a manger was the king of kings and the Lord of lords. He was the one who came to bring salvation to his people. 
He was the one who came to give life to those who were spiritually dead. And that was every man. He was the one who came to give light to a world of darkness that so needed to see and know and, and, and fall before God. He gave light to show who God is and how he is found and how he is known. And last but not least, he came to die on the cross. He came as our sacrifice. Life, light, and sacrifice. Our substitute hanging on a cross that we might have light and life and that we might know God for all of eternity. Our saying that we say over and over during this Christmas season that the cross was always behind the cradle is so absolutely necessary. It is the necessity of the season to see that the baby who is sweet and lovely and in the manger grew up to be the man who went to the cross to pay the penalty of sin. So we come on this Christmas morning and we celebrate that incarnation and we celebrate, oh, holy night and silent night and oh, come all ye faithful and, and uh, oh, come, oh, come Emmanuel and, and all the great hymns about the nativity. But we would be amiss. We would be in error if we left this place this morning without singing about the great work of Christ. We sung about his person. We sang about his coming. Now let's sing about his work, his work on the cross. As Jeff comes to lead us in our song, which will be our benediction before the throne of God above.